0: Welcome to the glory in our stories. On this episode, we'll be speaking with Armand Hudson. Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to episode 50 of the glory in our stories Uh, today we'll be talking to Armand Hudson Uh, he's a local artist here in Augusta Um, cool thing about him is I've known his brother for a very long time and I didn't I've never met him until maybe a couple of years ago and funny thing is I've seen you around but I never put two and two together yeah Um, but uh, I remember we were recording because Eamon, his brother, Eamon Hudson, uh, A major, uh, he was helping me with the EP I did uh, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I says, and we, I ran into him, and he said, so uh, what's up, man, how you doing? I said, man, I'm working with my brother. He's like, man, he's he <laughs> sick, man. He's like, you gotta hear him. And I was like, really? And I said, your brother reps? He said, yeah. And he uh, let me listen to some of your stuff, and I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> And um, when I heard you, uh, your EP was coming out, uh, the mm-hmm. Feel Good tape, I um, got really excited about it because I know you've been putting that project together for a while mm-hmm. and realizing that he was doing the production. I was like, I know it got to be good. <laughs> um, but you released it, and it was, it was a breath of fresh air. I know a lot of local artists probably not going to like that. I said that you know, because they've had projects out. Um, but we all have our own tastes. We right. all have music that we gravitate to and your type of music is the type that I could listen to, you know, and if I'm in a bad mood, just put it on. And it's not just what I hear as far as music, but what you're saying and listening to that and gaining a perspective on where you were coming from as an artist. Yeah. Um, But um, I always start each podcast explaining how I met the person that I'm interviewing. Um, I think the, f- the first time that I saw you in action was when y'all performed in 2017 um, downtown. It was November. At
1: hey, the Doors building? Yeah. Uh, Chris concert?
0: hmm that, uh, that, was, that was pretty dope.
1: Yeah, the Push Tour.
0: Yeah. And um, Amen was telling me about it when he was at work. Mm-hmm. He was like, hey man, we putting in the business when he was doing the promotion and then uh, when I showed up, I was just really um, impressed. At the quality of the show, let alone what you, you know, the content and the music itself. And it was at that moment that I realized that you all were very serious. I always knew that you were, you all were awesome um, musicians and artists, but listening to you at that event really opened my eyes. And I'm like, it takes a lot of guts to step out and not only talk about what you believe in, but pursue it. And then integrate that into your your art, and let that reflect in your art, and let that reflect nothing else. Um, but I really I really enjoyed that. So when you did drop your EP, mm. I really excited. So I'm gonna shut up so you can <laughs> so, so you can talk. I don't mean to consume most of the time, but I always really enjoy sitting down uh, with the people that I interview. So um, but uh, for those of you who are listening. Um, armand hudson released the ep uh last year a title, the feel-good tape and uh really solid i think 99 is my favorite track um overall because it just builds mm-hmm. and I, not not it builds and i love that And of course um i'm blessed okay. yeah um did i say the title right it's just blessed it's just blessed it's <laughs> yeah. blessed yeah just blessed uh blessed with you and tover um and um production is nice like I said before uh, but I got an opportunity to to see more into you as an artist and as a person uh, but from the get-go um, so where were you
1: uh, what did you grow up are you are you originally up, from Augusta yeah I grew up in Augusta been here my whole life um, 20 I'll be 20 tomorrow really uh, mm-hmm. so yeah I grew up in Augusta my whole life ain't really move I got plans for moving eventually, yeah. but it's still unclear as to where I want to go, and anywhere I go, it's going to do something on music, so mm-hmm. it's going to have something to do to push my music forward, um, get me some more, get me into a more area where it's more music centralized, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Augusta has a lot of places there are avenues for music, mm-hmm. but I feel like I want to go somewhere like Atlanta or like Tennessee, something, you know, somewhere where there's a lot of events well not so much as events but like places where I could just showcase my talent on a frequently on a frequent basis like just push myself out there like every other night go out to some kind of open mic event or Mm -hmm. submit to some kind of concert and perform somewhere or open up for people you know meet artists and stuff that live in those places yeah like I know it's a lot of artists um big name artists that live in Atlanta so
0: mm-hmm.
1: I always always tend to go towards those stories where some of my favorite artists say that you know they've never been up before and then they go to some place so that they know their favorite artists is and they just kind of talk to them for a little bit and then from there just grow on that's kind of what I can see myself doing just because I've never been one to be shy mm-hmm. I've always been outgoing so I can see myself talking to like some big name artists and just you know hitting it off and just making it go from there
0: yeah so what how would you characterize your style as far
1: as, I always say it's a it's a fusion of different stuff. Mm-hmm. I got that R and B aspect of it with tracks like Keep Doing, mm-hmm. um, Do Good. I got the you know traditional just hip hop. Yeah. Um, I love chords and keys. So like jazz, I'm taking um piano in my um school now. Yeah. And my pianist, he's a very good jazz teacher. Um, and he's always helping me in between lessons and stuff or chords and stuff so that jazz is a big influence and just pop, just anything I can get my hands on I love Mm -hmm. incorporating it into my music and just making it different because it's a lot of stuff that sounds the same and I want to pride myself on being away from that and just kind of making my own self
0: Yeah Are there any particular artists that uh, that you enjoy listening to or that inspire you?
1: I always say my top three artists. It interchanges between Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, and they interchange between top spot all the time. Cause yeah. every time the project come out of some, I'm like, okay, I like him better, but I like him better, <laughs> <laughs> and it just go back and forth. But my third artist, I would have to say Chance the Rapper. Yeah, cause like I was saying, his style is so unique, and when he sings, it's like you. Would, it's not the best singing, but mm-hmm. it, you can tell that it's from his heart. You could tell that he means it, and it's not bad. Like he he can obviously harmonize, and that's kind of how I want to get to. Like I'm t- I'm in choir now, so mm-hmm. I'm trying to learn how to sing because yeah. <laughs> right now <laughs> I'm not the best singer, but I can harmonize a little bit. Yeah. So that's where I'm trying to get to because I know Chance he can he can hit some notes when he wants to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, J Cole definitely his lyricism is just. Is, is far out there, like, mm-hmm. his yeah. his concepts and ideas and kindred them all on the same level, like, those are the big three artists that I, I want to look up to and hope to collaborate with one day.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, as, uh, when you were younger, uh, you, have you always been into music or...?
1: I know growing up, you know, my family, they always did music. Amen been doing music since he was three. My dad been doing music all his life. So I knew I wanted to do something with music, but it just never clicked with what I wanted to do with music. Yeah. Um, Elementary school, I I was in the violin classes and stuff, so I was learning how to play violin. That didn't stick too long. Mm -hmm. I tried guitar. That didn't stick too long. And eventually, I did do some rapping. Yeah. right in my last year in middle school but it didn't click for me at that time so i took a little break from it and then when i got back in high school i started to pick back up on the rapping and it just kind of it was like a whole shift like from where i was in middle school mm-hmm. to when i got to high school it was like a whole different me yeah. and like from then on it's just been progressing
0: yeah so how did that uh, did that affect your interactions with your friends or did you find yourself? in a position where you could find people that were, that shared the same aspirations when it came to music or did you find yourself isolated?
1: I feel like at the type of school that I went, it wasn't a very musically inclined school. It was more technological, mm-hmm. um, like computer network and stuff like that. So it wasn't the best school for music, but <clears throat> you're always gonna find somebody who does something that you do. So I, I found a couple of people here and there that did music and, you know, they always seemed to gravitate towards me. Um Chris, I always colla I talked with Chris because he went to my church and he mm-hmm. performed in my church one day during like a vaca- vacation Bible school.
0: Yeah.
1: And I thought that was so cool. Like <laughs> he was up on stage performing and stuff. You know, the lights was dim and everything. It was just a cool environment. And just I was like that's I wanna be on that stage and doing that. So I ended up talking to Chris, you know, told him I did music and stuff. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> he showed me um, you know, some little stuff here and there then he went off um you know to military and all that and then he came back and he was just amazed how far i came from when he was here after he left to when he came back mm-hmm. he was saying it's just like such a transformation and like hearing that from chris because that was like big yeah <laughs> and i've been he'd been um kind of taking me along with him to different places and stuff when he recorded, mm-hmm. you know plugging me in here and there and stuff so I had some pretty big influences that, um, you know, helped me and stuff yeah. well, in terms of music, friends. I had friends that helped me rap and stuff. There was like an open mic in my school during lunchtime, and there would be this one dude that we would just rap battle on the mic, open mic, and we would just go back and forth so I'm not good at freestyling yet, but I yeah. feel like that helped me, that introduced me to the world of freestyling and, like, rap battling and stuff. So I want to eventually get back into that. Mm-hmm. It's
0: funny because that's, that's the same thing Chris said uh, mm-hmm. when I interviewed him. And it's like, um, it's like practice, mm-hmm. and it keeps you sharp and on your toes. Because um, that's one thing I can't do, and I've, I've tried it. But, you know, the only person I've seen and heard that mastered it, man, is Eminem. And yeah. every time he does it, I'm like, bro, it's just he said uh he he was doing a, a freestyle to uh oh my goodness, it was an old track by it was with biggie it was puff daddy somebody it was a it was a instrumental, and he was this was back when Tigger was doing freestyles, mm-hmm. and he got on the mic after fifty <laughs> after fifty cent mm-hmm. and he was just saying some random stuff. And I was, but it was, I was like, he. he just, this isn't anything he pre-written. It's just right off the, the cusp. He said, uh, he got. I said, I've got a lion in my pocket. I'm lying. I got a nine in my pocket, and baby, I'm just dying to cock it. And he was just just going on and on. And I'm like, as an artist, like, you able to do that, man? Yeah. It's intimidating, especially when you have somebody that's opposing you, that's mm-hmm. really good. Um, so when it comes to your... Creative process, like the writing, and um, even because I know you—you you also have to consider hooks and how mm-hmm. you structure your songs. What, what does that look like? Like, do you have to be in a specific space, so you can be anywhere when you feel inspired and just start writing? Like, how do you go about doing
1: that? So usually. I'll just be doing something random, like I'll be watching TV, playing games, taking a shower, or something. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, like God just give me like a lyric or something, or He'll give me like a melody, and I will just start humming it in my head, and I can't get it out of my head. So I just eventually start writing it down. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I usually just type it in my um, my memos and my phone. Yeah. Like I have so many lyrics, just <laughs> finished, unfinished, in my in my memos and notes and stuff, and like. I get pieces at a time. Sometimes, sometimes I get a whole song. Sometimes I get pieces, but I just roll whatever I get. Mm-hmm. And from then on, like after I get a lyric or something, I'll think of some music to go with it, or I'll think of how I want to how I want it to flow. So I just start, you know, beatboxing in my head <clears throat> how I want it to go. And my process has kind of changed. So in terms of hooks. It took me a long time to figure out how to write good hooks. Yeah. Like, I always felt like the type of hooks that I did, it was, I felt like it was too much in it. I tried to be not necessarily too lyrical, but I tried to put too many words in it Mm -hmm. instead of just making it a hook and hook people in. It was more or less another verse after a verse. Yeah. So I had to learn how to slow it down, you know, be simple, but also make people think a little bit. Mm -hmm. So many of my verses now, I try to keep it catchy but i also never try to lose my my meanings with what i'm trying to say yeah so my process is just whatever god gives me at the time that's what i roll with Mm -hmm. um i'll look at other people's songs and i'll I'll listen to songs all day like 24 7 i'll have earbuds in my ear listening to some somebody's music whether it's new music old music um I listen to music, the way they structure their words, the way they structure their verses, mm-hmm. and I try to mimic that and improve upon it and put my, my own flow and style into it and just kind of go from there. Yeah,
0: it's funny because when, um, when I think of music in general, I feel like I, I'm well-rounded. Like I can't, it's hard for me to just listen to one genre. And it's funny you said that because a lot of artists just stay in the pocket where they are, where they feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And they just explore that area because that's what they're used to. Um, but I'm pretty certain that you pull from all sorts of things and you say, how can I make this my own? And I know that's difficult to do at times because, and that's another thing that I thought was interesting. Going back to like J. Cole and, um, and Kendrick Lamar, it seems like it's difficult at times to maintain that duality of trying to do something that people can latch on to, but at the same time, once they catch the hook, they can get the meat of it, like what you're really trying to say. Do you think it's difficult for artists nowadays to to do that and to get their message across, but at the same time, at the same time trying to attract the audience and keep them interested?
1: I think it's very hard to do that because so much so much music now is centered around the actual beat rather than the lyrics yeah but i feel like when you do break through and find what you find a, the balance between a good beat and, a, and good lyrics i feel like it's a dope song there's yeah. not many songs can do that now a lot of songs that you hear on the radio is made for radio people only make songs for radio that have good beats most of the time mm-hmm. but stuff like what J. Cole's doing recently, that song he put out Middle Child, he's basically saying that himself, like, he's, he's explaining the whole process, like, he's caught in the middle, that's, like, that's what I feel like, that's what he feel like, mm-hmm. caught in the middle of two eras, you know, the era where it was, like, all that pop, biggie, you know, yeah. music and stuff like that, and then you got the Uzis and the pumps now, <laughs> so... <clears throat> you kind of in the middle because you can see you can see where they came from on one side and you can see where the other people coming from on this side but you got to find that balance and I feel like being in the middle is the best place to be yeah. you can see both sides and you can incorporate a little bit from each side so mm-hmm. you can pull in some of the lyricism from Biggie some pop, pull in some of the, the beats and stuff that um, new artists are using now pulling some of the, the flows they're going with. Because if you, if you can flow on the beat real good, it don't matter what you're saying, people will rock with it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and that's that's a good and bad thing, but yeah. <clears throat> I, I feel like having the good balance is key to a good song. Mm-hmm.
0: So as far as uh, current music, like, are you a radio, do you listen to the radio?
1: I'm oh, always no. on Spotify on my Bluetooth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is, it's funny because a lot of us, because we know what we want and we know what we want to listen to and... I, mean, I didn't understand how radio worked until I started listening to like Chris explain, you know, how artists get the music played on on radios, mm-hmm. and because um, you can hear one song now and it's like six o'clock, and you might hear the same song at six ten and then at six twenty, and I'm like, how is it that this one song keeps being played? Like, how does this happen? And eventually, which was is. Like you said, it's a good and bad thing. It was a good marketing scheme because eventually you're gonna find yourself singing the song, regardless of what the person is saying. Man, um, I never forget when, uh, what is it? song, Timmy Turner? What is it? Uh, <laughs> it's my by designer. Yes, but I couldn't get that song out of my head for about a week. Didn't know what he was saying, but I, I, I just kept repeating it. Um, speaking of which, have you ran into anybody that like uh, quotes your lyrics? in front of you or like they're singing your song like verbatim
1: yeah i've, I've came across a couple of people you know they hear my songs and stuff and they're just like yo, know, what you do in that song it was like it was amazing and like i am just like i'm sitting here like that's that's real nice to hear because like yeah. every artist wants to hear that their song is good mm-hmm. but when you have dedicated fans that constantly tell you, like, that song was good, Mm -hmm. you start to kind of, like, be like, okay, you know, that's a good song because, you know, the same people listening to it and stuff, but when you have just, you know, somebody that don't really know you or or know your music or what you're about and they hear it and they like it, Mm -hmm. that's a good feeling Mm -hmm. because that that, that lets you know that you have that ability to branch out and to go places that you never thought you could go. Mm -hmm. And, like, I feel like I can go, like, super far if if I put the time and effort in. So when people quote my lyrics and stuff, it just makes me feel, like, super good inside. And it makes me feel more confident than I am already about my music and my abilities.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, so I take it that you don't want to get comfortable. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I don't, don't want to get comfortable at all. Because <laughs> when you get comfortable, your music starts to sound the same and people get bored.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, man. I've, and I know a lot of artists, especially from the 90s and early 2000s, that started getting comfortable. And listening to artists now and what you all are doing, especially local artists, man, that that really amazes me, uh, which is sad, because you're like, this came from Augusta? You know, that's the mentality that most of us have. Like, this came from our hometown, or this came from this state. And um, and I, it's funny you mentioned Atlanta, because I watched a, um, it was a video clip of when uh, outcast got i think it was rap album of the year when they came out and they got booed like terribly and andre 3000 was just clapping his hands clapping his hands and i guess at the time like up north they didn't think the south had anything to say so i remember he got on the mic and he said yo the south is here to stay and we got something to say and people started gaining respect uh, for southern hip-hop and but I'm so used to thinking hip-hop was, like, Nelly and uh, Tia. Like, that's, like, early, I may be mischaracterized, like, early trap. Like, it wasn't, it was trap music before it was trap.
1: Like, yeah, 2000s. Yeah.
0: Like, everybody was just pretty much talking about the same thing, which is mm-hmm. the streets, you know? But in my mind, I'm thinking, what about those who didn't live that life? How can an artist speak to that audience? Mm-hmm. And listening to you and your music, I realize that I mean you go through life and you have experiences, but it's different. But it's the same; it's a struggle. And um, speaking of which, do you find it difficult to separate yourself as a person from your artistry, or do they go hand in
1: hand? Man. <laughs> <laughs> I be talking with my coworkers all the time. <clears throat> I tell them like, "Is it's hard trying to." pull out the side of me that does music mm. the, the artist me because I always say it's two sides of me it's Destin and then there's Armand and you know I always feel like oh, Armand's that cool dude you know does music and stuff just you know always get on the stage and rock the mic and Destin's more of that that reserved kid you know mm-hmm. sits in the back don't really talk just kind of collects his thoughts and sometimes, you know, there's a time, time and place for everything. There's a time for Destiny, there's a time for Armand. Sometimes I have trouble pulling out Armand in situations. Yeah. And then, you know, Destiny, I have a time, hard time pulling him out of other situations. So, you know, just, I have to find that fine line between merging the two mm-hmm. and just being able to use whatever I needed for that time.
0: Yeah. Something reminds me of uh, Childish Gambino slash Danny Glover. Yeah. You know, because I, I didn't know he rapped. I, when I first was introduced to him, he was a comic. He was doing oh. stand-up. And I'm like, oh, this guy's pretty funny. And then I started seeing him in in sitcoms. And then all of a sudden, I was like, they would introduce him him as Childish Gambino. And I'm like, who was that? And then when he started singing and then he started rapping, I was like, huh. Never would have saw that. Mm-hmm. And, um, man, like it was... Because we, somebody asked us, is that a difficult thing to do? Which like, if, are we able to see artists for who they are and minus what they do? And of course the subject came up about R. Kelly. And um, I mean, that's, that's, that's I guess that's a gray area. It depends on who you are and how you see things. Um, but in reference to your EP, was that something you had been working on for a while, or did you finally say, "Yo, I'm gonna put something out," and this is this is what I'm inspired to do? I'm just gonna start at this point.
1: <clears throat> I, I was working on so many projects before that <laughs> that never made it. Like I was working on a project called Elevator. It's gonna have a probably like ten songs on it, maybe. Mm-hmm. I was working on that, but you know. That never really got finalized. There was a whole lot of stuff on there that needed, you know, fixing and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I was like, you know, I want to make something that can make the people feel good about themselves in bad times, good times. And they just listen to it and it just lift their spirits up. So I was like, that's when I was like, hey, why don't I make something called the feel-good tape? And it started off, I was trying to decide whether I wanted to call it the feel-good tape volume Mm one. Because I'm going to make, you know how Tory Lanez got his chicks tapes? I want it to be something like that, kind yeah. of like a mixtape series that I put out every so often mm-hmm. in between like off seasons of my music and stuff.
0: Yeah. So, um, so the feel good tape is that final, and then I guess your next project is gonna be something different, or are you gonna continue?
1: The next project could probably be my my mixtape. Mm-hmm. So what are your? Uh,
0: well, I guess you probably wanna speak on that. But what, <laughs> is, what's is, what's inspiring you now, like opposed to a year ago?
1: What's inspired me now is just the process that that got me here. Mm. Just kind of speaking on my story and stuff. Because I learned a lot in the last six months than I have in like a long time. (laughs) Like that transition from high school to college. And that, you know, just a whole bunch of has changed. You know, it's a new year and stuff. Things happen. Yeah. You know, just I kind of experienced a whole lot that I didn't know I could experience in this short amount of time. And that's pretty much just me talking about, you know, what I've experienced, what I've learned, how to change, how I become a different person.
0: Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about, you know, entering your, your 20s?
1: I feel good about it. Yeah. I do. Because, I don't know, I, my brother used to always say, you know, you have teen in your name, so you're, you're still a teen no matter what, <laughs> no matter how old you get. As long as you got teen in the name, you'll be considered a teen. So that's what held me this whole time. Even when I was 19, like I'm 19 now, that's why I'm like, I'm still a teen. But when I hit 20, that's like, I'm moving out of that phase in my life into a whole new, you know, a whole new world.
0: Yeah. Now the things that you're being exposed to, like your experiences, um, do you feel yourself evolving? And are you able to pinpoint those moments, like, this is like an aha moment. Like, I didn't see this before, and now I can apply this as I get older.
1: Most definitely. I feel like some stuff that i learned now, like everybody said, I feel like I could have used it in a later an situ- earlier situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I feel like the stuff that I'm learning now is stuff that people who are in my situation before need to hear, and that's why I'm putting it out. Yeah. Um um I, I feel like I can I can give the title of what I'm expecting my new project to be about cuz it has an acronym. Mm-hmm. It's called Glow. Yeah. So what Glow stands for is growing, learning, open-minded to wisdom. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah. So when people say, you know, you glowed up and stuff, that I mean like you you kind of went through a metamorphosis and transformed the something that you've always been wanting to be a, a better you yeah so I feel like when you grow that's that that whole process and when you learn that just builds up everything inside you that you need to learn and you can't do nothing that if you're not open-minded to know, wisdom yeah so that's where that whole acronym comes into play
0: and we were in different conversations we've been talking about how there's a missing link between the young generation and the older generation it's like the younger generation doesn't want to learn and it feels and we were saying the older generation doesn't want to teach Um, but I think subconsciously they do but it's finding that that middle ground Mm -hmm. and I remember when I was young I didn't want to listen to anyone one person that I probably well I definitely want to listen to my mom uh, because I felt like that's just what she was being, like my mom, like I, I'm, I felt cornered and trapped. And I felt like I didn't have an opportunity just to be me. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it helped that she accepted, yo, this is what he's going through. I'ma just have mm-hmm. to just be his mom and just let him be the man that he's, he's destined to be. Um, but it's difficult for us to see us beyond that mm-hmm. as human beings. Um, And it's cool because God always sees us at our best. Um, So I can only imagine what he sees you as. Like it's your max potential. And um, and speaking of which, do you feel... do Do you feel that God... Let me ask you this. What do you feel is your purpose? Or have you to terms
1: of what that is for you yet? I feel like I was put on this earth to be a messenger, Mm -hmm. to kind of just tell the people, you know, the words that God's given me. Yeah. Because I feel like it's a lot in this world that people need to hear, and they need to hear it from the right people.
0: I'm not sure if you all remember an album Lecrae came out with in 2014, those of you who are into Christian hip-hop, let alone hip-hop in general. Um, it was an album that came out, uh, well, about five years ago, and um, the last track of that album was titled "Messengers," and an ongoing anthem throughout the chorus was calling all the messengers, and being some being someone that's responsible for relaying that message is a heavy burden to hold because what you say matters. You have to be strategic with how you say it, and making sure that what you're saying is the truth that's a responsibility that Armand has accepted uh, heartedly and um, much respect to him so continue to listen in this is episode 50 of the glory in our stories with Armand Hudson is there a specific message that you feel that he's that he's given you in particular
1: I, I kind of feel like You know, that whole Jay bringing up that whole J. Cole situation again, the middle child.
0: Yeah,
1: I feel like he put me in a place where I can see two different sides of one story. I'm always that person, whenever it comes to like situations and stuff, where I'm in the middle, like I can see what you did wrong here, I can see what this person did wrong here. But at the end of the day, you know, neither of you are right, neither of you are wrong because there's something that you both can do. So I feel like I can bridge the gap between. People who don't know him, who don't know God, and people who do know God, because there's a misconception between both sides. Um, People who do know God, I feel like not this isn't with everybody, but I feel like with some people, you know, they kind of try to. I feel like they they don't really bring in the people they need to bring in sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like a lot of the time, um, you know, with different situations. We preach to people who already know about God so that's what our message represents Um, Mm -hmm. and people on the other end who don't know God they feel like okay well this is always going to be you know about you know holy holy Jesus Jesus which is nothing wrong with that but I feel like with certain people you need to come at them with something that they'll understand Mm -hmm. like take Kirk Franklin for example yeah it's a whole lot of controversy around him. Um, people on the Christian side are saying, "Oh, he's not doing you know Christian music; he's doing secular music." And then you got people on the other side who are enjoying his music and they are also getting some benefits from it because they're learning about God through his music. Yeah. They may not know it at the time, but something in them will click when they hear his music. And that's why I feel like I'm trying to I'm trying to do with my music. I'm trying to make something for everybody to to hear and listen. I'm trying to make something so that if I wanted to, I could perform it in the church if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to go out and perform it at the concert, you know, I could do that. I want to make something that's versatile for everybody to listen, everybody to get something out of, everybody to learn, and that's why I feel like God put me on this earth and put me in the music industry to do so I can teach messages to all people and spread a, a, a broad message that everybody can understand to be relatable. Yeah, it seems
0: like some artists nowadays are just in a position like yeah, I gotta make that money, mm-hmm. so I gotta do what's hot, I gotta do what's trending, and um, it's funny because that's that's what's starting a lot of social media wars. Going back to what you were saying about mm-hmm. wanting to be right, wanting to prove somebody that they're wrong, but actually taking the time to like consider their point of view. I mean, that's it's very progressive and you can get closer and closer <clears throat> towards a solution that's benefit both of you if you actually take the time to consider, you know, both sides of the story. And I'm glad that you're doing that because there have been a lot of missed opportunities where people had, the, you know, a chance to just see where some, you know, meeting people where they're at. Mm-hmm. And if we're going back in reference to the church, that's what we're supposed to do is meet people where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, the... Um, that was a quote. I think it was from... Oh, I'm misquoting mis- 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 him. It was a pastor of mine, David Braxton. He said that sometimes God... I think it's C.S. Lewis. Maybe somebody else. Um, he said, God will put himself in a bottle to get you out of one. And I'm like, who could be that considerate? Who can, who can love someone that much, willing to go at this point Particular part of their life and say, "Yo, hey, oh, I can I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get you out of this hole And as an artist paying attention to that and feeding into that Realizing that this is <clears throat> this is bigger than you You know and for you to be as young as you are and have that in mind That's very rare a lot of a lot of kids Who are younger or y'all are young men who are who are growing this I'm just gonna worry about me right now or whatever anybody <clears throat> has to say, that's their problem. I'm just going to do me. This is my learning curve. If somebody get hurt, that's fine. Um, but judging from not just what you're saying, but from your music, mm. your main po- focus is just helping others.
1: Yeah. And the thing about that is, like, I, while I do feel like that's my purpose, I'm still, you know, going through the process of, like, really and truly accepting that and understanding that. Because yeah. I feel like for my music I feel like I need a strong motivation really, is what I'm saying so I feel like I'm motivated by doing the right thing with my music yeah. but there's times where I feel like you know is this really what I'm doing with my music sometimes I wonder like <clears throat> am I really do I really want to do that and it obviously my music shows that and it kind of it shows the direction I want to head in the direction that I'm currently heading <clears throat> But sometimes I just, I don't know, I guess I get confused about the path that I'm on with my music. Yeah. And I, I kind of lose focus on, you know, is this truly the purpose, you know, that I'm that I'm going on and I'm fulfilling? Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm looking for, that's kind of what GLOW is about, kind of me understanding that. Because I am getting a better understanding of, like, that purpose. Like, I've, I'm truly accepting it rather than just saying it because I know it's the right thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's where I'm getting at. That's where I want to get to, is to just truly accept that that's what I'm doing with my music and that's the purpose for me rather than saying that because that's what I know know, my parents want me to say, my brother want me to say, what God wants me to say. I'm truly accepting that for myself so I don't feel like I'm just doing something with my music. That's not me.
0: Yeah, because the last thing you want to do is, anybody, is lose yourself in the midst of pleasing others. Because you won't be able to fully do that, especially when you lack um, the spiritual um, resilience and just the overall (laughs) drive. And um, it's just amazing nowadays because I've, I've been exposed to a lot of artists such as yourself that are very introspective, that are more concerned about what's internal. Um, than external, um, and like rap uh, artists, that like Chance the Rapper. I mean, dude, oh man, he uh, the, the things that he does, and he said he has a platform and he uses it. He uses it to the best of his ability. Um, to my chance. Yeah, and like the the, cause you, I'm pretty sure you heard that he bought a local newspaper because they were misrepresenting misrepresenting um, African Americans and he said, Yo, I'm gonna take control of that so that never has to, ever, ever has to happen again
1: And that's the type of stuff that I'm getting at. Like <clears throat> I always have I always pray when I get up in the morning, and, you know, when I leave out and stuff, I always pray, you know Lord bless me and my family, not so we can just use things for our own needs and wants, but so we can be blessed to bless others. Yeah. And that's the type of stuff that I want to do in my music. Like I see all the stuff he's doing with his, you know, charity organization. Um, mm-hmm. I can't think of the name of it right now, but basically he, you know, he's raising money and funds and stuff for Chicago for schools and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, he's doing all this stuff, and like you have you you hear music from him, but you you see more of him helping others and you see him just trying to get more money from his music Yeah. and that's the place I'm trying to get at where you could see me here and there not even though I'm making music but then you see me you know going out helping others doing stuff that's right for the society that we're in and then you you want me to do music like I'm I'm doing so much work to help others that you just begging me to put out music and that's the <laughs> place that I'm trying to get to with my music like that influence where I can just go to places and stuff and people just they look up to me, and they're inspired by me and I want to inspire them to do good things. Mm-hmm.
0: Have you ever, um, at some point, felt that you know, at some you know, eventually you're going to influence somebody that's under you, and that's coming up behind you? Um, I never thought that I'd be in a position where people will be watching me. And my mom reminded me of that like a long time ago. That people people are watching you but not in the sense to watch you fail, but they're waiting for you to do something so they can do it too. Or they can actually commit to something that they've been wanting to do for so long and they've just had this question inside like, can I do this? So somebody somewhere, you know, is listening to your music. Somebody somewhere saw you perform or have seen you perform whenever you did. And somewhere, some people are actually looking forward to you putting out more. because They're like, yo, I need more of this. Mm-hmm. I need more of this. Um, is there any... So what is... I guess I'm curious about it. What's been your biggest challenge so far?
1: Staying consistent. Yeah. My brother's always telling me, you know, get on social media, post, you know, do this, do that. And, like, this This goes back to the whole Destin, Armand thing. Like, mm-hmm. me... Like, right now, you hear me, I got a chill voice, you know, I'm not, you know, doing too much, I'm not all hyper and stuff, but that's how I am in real life, like, I don't do too much, and I'm not a social media person, per se, like, you look at J. Cole, J. Cole, just in recent years, started, you know, getting back on social media, and at times, it seems like, you know, he doesn't know much about social media, because he's not (laughs) on it, he's mostly in the studio, working and stuff, doing, working on music and stuff, and you're like, man, like, if the places he could go if he you know got on social media and promoted more and that's what he's starting to do now and you can see that already is starting taking him places that you know he's been before but he's on there he's on there in a bigger scale now because more and more people know about him Mm -hmm. and that's what i that's my biggest challenge is staying consistent with social media posting get myself out there i'm trying to network with as many people as i can and you know get myself in the places God needs me to be at at the time he needs me to be there because I feel like everywhere I go there's a reason for me going there and that's that's my biggest challenge is just finding out why I'm there who I need to talk to just staying consistent with my music staying consistent with social media and at at this time I kind of I've taken a big break from social media Mm -hmm. in terms of like posting and stuff because I'm trying to i'm trying to build my skill set yeah i'm trying to build my lyrics i'm trying to build my music producing i started trying to produce my own tracks and stuff you know do this and that mm-hmm. um learning piano you know just just kind of getting the overall aspect of everything in the music business that i can i'm taking music business courses and stuff you know i just want to be that one person that can do everything but there's always going to be a need for a team. Don't get me wrong when I say that. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be a need for a team. But I also want to, I don't want to just be somebody who just heavily relies on everybody else and do something for them to the point that if that one person is sick one day or they're gone somewhere else, that you just can't be productive at all. Yeah. I want to be able to be self-sufficient when I need to be. Yeah. And that's why I've been taking a huge break from social media and posting for so I can get to that point where I'm self-sufficient mm-hmm. and I can do things for myself.
0: You're hungry. And uh, that's... I forgot. Uh, I think Kanye mentioned a while back. He said he missed when he was... He missed the time of his life when he was hungry. Back when he did a college dropout. Uh, because he was. I mean, you listen to, like, uh, Jamie Foxx and the stories that he tell mm-hmm. about the time that he met Kanye when his when his jaw was still swollen. You know, he was, he was trying to get in. And he got in and... He just kept going, and I admire artists. Who, uh, I mean, it's, it's it's pros and cons, but overall, to know that somebody's in the studio working on their craft, and not only that, it's working on everything else, trying to make themselves better. I mean, that's what the greats do. You know, Kobe did it, MJ, um, all the great athletes, all the the best art. That's why it's funny. Like there's still music that has not been released from the iconic rappers, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the Biggie and Pac and all of them. Uh, and it's like they just have an, an endless supply of music because they were always working on something. And I can only imagine if <laughs> they had cell phones back then, like how full their notes mm-hmm. columns would be or the Nope app would be and all of the stuff that they uh, experienced. and. One thing I, because I used to not want to listen to the music because in my house, you know, mom didn't want any music that profanity in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but listening to Tupac and Biggie and some of the music, they were only talking about what they knew and the experiences that they had. And it wasn't until they gotten older, they were like, "Yo, I need to, I need to change my perspective." You know, unfortunately, it was at a, it was too late for my perspective because they were like, they were, they were taken. I felt like we, they were taken from us but um, knowing that the stage of hip hop is, is, is never been dead it's just evolving just like us human beings and I'm looking forward to see your evolution through your music because I know it's going to happen I mean you're going to end up being at this point and you're going to end up being somewhere else and um, it's just it's a cool thing to see and it's and uh, yeah, your EP is is awesome. I love it, and I'm glad that you released it. And I'm glad that you're doing something different.
1: I'm glad I released it. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, it took so so much for that to come out. Yeah. Like when that came out, that was like one of my happiest days. Just being able to get on Spotify, pull up my song, and yeah. just play it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a good day.
0: Yeah. You ever go back and, and like, look at the, um, are you able to see, like, streaming numbers and stuff like that? or?
1: Yeah, every now and then me and my brother get together and, you know, we'll talk about the numbers and stuff, see, mm-hmm. where, you know, who's listening, and see where I need to go.
0: Yeah. So uh, it's funny, uh, like, every time, going back to these artists <coughs> that you mentioned, uh, J. Cole, J. Cole would drop a song just randomly. And the thing is, he has a large following, even when he wasn't on social media. Mm-hmm. So like you said, now that he's using it, is pro- his audience is probably gonna quadruple uh, because he's just on a different level mm-hmm. and he's unlike these um, these are a lot of mainstream artists. They unfortunately they do sound the same. Um, for a while, I was just like totally against mumble rap. I, I still am, be honest, because that's that's just not what I grew up on. But I'm learning that that's where these ra- that's where these rappers are at. But at some point, it makes you wonder. At when do you turn off? the switch when it comes to you know just in moral indecency like at one point you say no i just can't do this because i'm not only am i an influence but this is my life and i wonder well what do you like as far as your moral compass what what keeps you in line when it (laughs) comes to making sure that you're doing what you should be
1: doing basically it's like is this the music i will listen to is this the music that if my parents heard this music where they'd be like you know what you doing with yourself
0: yeah (laughs) like
1: that's that's how i think about it and you you were saying that you you use um you're learning more and more about accepting mumble rap but even though you still you still got your reservations about it Mm -hmm. that's the stage i'm at like I, i i don't know i just feel like me and j cole per se have like a where I feel like I'm closely related to him mm-hmm. in terms of his situation and stuff and the things that he's been going through, that's why he keeps switching back up between Kendrick for that first <laughs> spot. Because <laughs> I feel like I just relate to him so much. Like before, you know, he put out 2014 Forest Hill Drives. That was just a banger all around. Mm-hmm. You know, platinum, double platinum, no features and stuff. I was like, man, that's that's out yeah. there. Yeah. And then. You know 4 your eyes only it took it took me a while to get used to that but then as my taste started you know developing i started being like no it's a, pr- a pretty good project kod came out and then after that he just started getting on features with other people's songs i was like wait he's doing a song with 21 savage and i was just <laughs> like it took me back for a little bit and i was like wait all right so let me let me just you know take a second just think about it like that's like you were saying that's where these rappers are at now mm-hmm. and every like you can't judge people you can only you can only listen to their side of the story and try to offer a solution and a a compromise for them to increase themselves and it's up to them to decide if they want to accept the advice or not Mm -hmm. like that that last song going um kod 1985 um the fall off yeah a lot of people were saying oh he's dissing low palm oh it's a diss track it wasn't a diss track. It was him giving advice on <laughs> on how to how to navigate the game, maneuver around the game. Yeah, and that's what you gotta do. Like I was saying before, you can't judge people. Like um, with the Kurt Franklin thing, you can't judge people on what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like the best you can do is listen to them and offer a solution if they choose to accept it that's, that's great yeah but if they don't you can't god doesn't promote hate
0: mm-hmm. no
1: matter what you know scripture people try to quote and mix around and stuff like that and change for their own agendas like god does not promote hate at all he only promotes love god is love yeah so <clears throat> the only thing you can do is love somebody you know no matter what just love them even if they you know hate you or what just promote love never promote any hate never promote any like lies or you know indecencies or anything and that's what i try to do with my music and that's that's what my moral compass is to always promote something positive mm-hmm. that's what motivates me is the the how how perfect god was and that he only promotes love despite no matter what that's what i try to promote in my music is love peace just like good vibes just feel good you know moments and stuff mm-hmm. so that that's my moral compass and to just kind of help people and na- try to navigate them along the way yeah and even with you know mumble rap and stuff like that people like it so obviously it's something that's there's something that there there's something there that people are catching on to so why not use that but improve upon it yeah so that's how I see it if um
0: You've heard of a uh, Dave East, yeah. I first heard about him on a rap. What was it? Rapture on mm-hmm. uh, Netflix. They were talking about Dave East, Rhapsody. That girl, she's yeah. she's nice. <laughs> she's nice. Um, and uh, Rhapsody, was... Not Rhapsody. Uh, Dave East was like a prodigy of uh, Nas, and uh, not that's now that's one album that I have to listen to is his first one. Il, is it Illmatic? I think it's Illmatic. But it was like his first from from like early 90s. They said that was like one of the best hip hop albums ever. Um I never really got into Nas uh, for sort of, you know, because I was just into I was into commercial rap that was back in the 90s and I was just like pushing everything to the side because I just thought it was I thought it was bad cuz we weren't supposed to listen to it. But when I started actually listening to what they were saying like NWA a lot of you know they got, they got a lot of, of negative uh, feedback uh, from society because not only just the, the name itself but what they were talking about mm-hmm. but easy E made a good point he said yo this is what we step out into when we walk out into the street either we're gonna probably get shot or we're gonna be put face down with our hands behind our back that's the reality that we live in so when we say you know screw the police, it's because there's no other way to see them when they display themselves the way they did back when we were growing up, back when they were growing up and making music. And um, listening to Dave East, I love the way that he flows. So when I listen to him, then that's one thing that I know artists do: you listen for content, you listen for style, and you have to consider all that stuff, and then you, you decide, yo, this is what I want to do, which is what makes it different. Uh, but like you said, taking the opportunity to listen to people, and I think that's what we're missing out on. Um, like, what's the name? I say this, and then I'm asking you my last question. What's his name? It's Tanashi six nine. How do you say his name? Takashi six Takashi six nine. Like the whole ordeal of <laughs> him getting going to prison, and mm-hmm. from the outside, you look at a kid with you know rainbow hair, face covered in tattoos, and obviously, most people would say, oh, he deserves what he gets. And like, well, okay, well. Have you ever considered what led him up to that point? Like what his experience was like? And I'm pretty certain you hear that in his music. Um, but because of what we see in um, our um, predispositions, we avoid that, trying to understand what the artist is going through. And I appreciate the fact that you pursue all sides of the story. So that you know, let know, let people know that your voice is being heard, your point of view is being considered, and but you come in seeking truth.
1: I'm like a journalist when it comes to rap, <laughs> like you know, like you said, seeking the truth, just not promoting one side of the story, but just kind of seeing both sides, so people get a chance to choose for themselves yeah. which side they agree with. Yeah.
0: And uh, it's funny because one day, maybe even today, you know, people there are people agreeing with what you're saying and will continue to do so. Um, because you're gonna continue to evolve as artists and you're gonna put out something that some people will be like, why did he do this? Or why isn't it like it was before? Why is it what, Why it's not like his first EP? Or why isn't it like his fourth or fifth? And that's, that's gonna happen. I think people miss out on the fact that if you change, so do I. Mm-hmm. You know, It doesn't exempt me from anything else. Uh, but my, my last question would be, um, like, like, I always ask people, and I'm just curious, what would you describe as the
1: glory in your story? <clears throat> I feel like <clears throat> the glory in my story is when people look at me, and they expect one thing. Like, they they see me, you know, all put together and stuff, you know, going to college and stuff. They're like, you "No, know, that's a smart dude. You know, he probably doing something with science or math and stuff or something yeah. like that and they hear my music and they're like that's you i'm like, <laughs> I'm like yeah that's me they're like that's not you that, that don't sound nothing like you i'm like that's me <laughs> yeah people don't people see me they don't expect that side of me because i'm so quiet all the time i'm destined all the time but when they hear armand rap and that's that it just blows their mind because they don't expect that you know for me based off, you know me just being quiet, you know, well-mannered and stuff. Mm -hmm. I guess a lot of people have a lot of people have their own ideas on what a rapper is and what a rapper looks like or sounds like and I don't fit that and that's not a bad thing because like you said, it's a fresh, uh, breath of fresh air. Yeah. Like If you can find a rapper that dresses well, looks nice, you know, has a good head on their shoulders, doesn't talk all, you know, crazy, Mm -hmm. and they can rap good too, like, that's, that's a good artist because they obviously have grown up in a proper household where people have taught them, like, you know, this is, these are the things that you should speak about rather than money, clothes, drugs, you know, anything like that, women, these are the things that you should talk about that the world needs to hear.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's the music that I try to promote and when people hear that they're just they're blown away and amazed. <clears throat> so that's pretty much my brand of just being that one that one guy nobody expected to rap <laughs> and just going out there and just taking over the game
0: yeah uh, going clutch pretty yeah. much um, but one thing I say before I, I wrap things up one thing that I h- highly appreciate is the support from your family that is very important when you performed back in 2017 your entire family was there, the majority, they were were there and and I was like wow, you know, that's that's very rare and I believe that's one thing that a lot of local artists are lacking is that support not just from, you know, the audience but from family and people that you grew up with, people that you trust people that love you and um, that is, I, I admire that fullheartedly and I'm glad that you have that uh, because I know that's a part of the the the, uh, the wood that, that that's placed in your fire and that keeps you going. Um, so, uh, and speaking of which, man, it's going back to you not people not expecting that from you, like you know, being exposed, and that's and that's one thing. I'm, well, I ask you this right quick: Do you ever, at any point, did you feel like you were in your brother's shadow, or that you were? <coughs> Um, Or did you always feel like you were um, creating your own standard, in a sense?
1: I know this could be difficult. I wouldn't necessarily say I felt like I was in the shadow. I always just looked up to him. Yeah. Um, You know, going to his shows and stuff whenever he would do drums and stuff. like Like, still, even to this day, like, I'll go to a show he's doing and I'm just, like, amazed. Like, he'd just be smashing them drums. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> then he'll switch, get on the keyboards. You'll be smashing the keys, and I'm like, <laughs> man, like, how, what can't you do? Yeah. And like you know, it just it amazes me and stuff. So I don't feel like I've ever been in his shadow, but I've always just looked up to him a lot, and he's you know, been a big driver for us, my music, and a big supporter of my music. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I, I want not say I've been in his shadow.
0: Yeah. And um, like I said, like working with him, never knew he had a brother, and uh, I think. He mentioned you but I never we never saw I never saw you um I <coughs> probably had no reason to be at where we were at uh but seeing um you evolve and come to where you are now I'm like I can only imagine what's going to be the next step um but um just as a listener I'm really looking forward to it I really am um for those of you who are are listening this is um Episode 50 Uh, We are halfway to 100 And um, Amon actually Took the time to to Dish it out with me And I really appreciate it I've been looking forward To interviewing him for a while And intrigued About the artist Behind the music And more But most importantly uh, The developing man That you are um, Because we need more Examples like that Uh, We need more options People that are doing something well, but they are well people, because that's, that's that's the most important thing. No matter what you do, you're gonna always deal with people. Um, I was, uh, what's his name, Donovan Mitchell, played for the Utah Jazz. One thing he said was, "You are never off the clock," as an as a as a um, as somebody who's doing something very well in displaying a talent. You are never off the clock. You are full representation of what you are and what you do. And I appreciate the examples that you're setting. Not Like I said, not just as an artist, but as a, as a human being. Um, but again, this is uh, episode 50 of The Glory in Our Stories with Armand Hudson. <laughs>